This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB S2, modulation 8 PSK. Audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. A warm welcome to everyone from Ivlad Palko in the newsroom at Radio Romania International. Let's have a look at the top stories today. Bavaria's Minister President Markus Söder will visit Romania on Monday. The first train carrying relief aid from Romania is expected to arrive in Turkey on Tuesday. And Teodor Andrei will represent Romania at the 2023 Eurovision Song Contest. Bavaria's Minister-President Markus Söder will visit Romania on Monday. The German official will meet President Klaus Johannes and Prime Minister Nikolai Echuka, the German embassy reports. Markus Söder will also hold talks with representatives of the German minority in Romania and the Romanian-German Chamber of Commerce. On the sidelines of his meeting with Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă, the two officials will sign a joint statement aimed at expanding bilateral cooperation to such fields as national security, IT, justice, cybersecurity, science and research, economy, language, education and social. Meanwhile, the death toll of the deadly February the 6th earthquake exceeded 28,000 on Sunday and risks doubling. The UN Deputy Secretary General for Humanitarian Affairs, Martin Griffiths, has warned. According to the UN official who visited Turkey on Saturday, the quake has killed over 24,000 people in Turkey and over 3,500 in Syria. The United Nations warned that at least 870,000 people need warm meals in Turkey and Syria. Some 26 million people have been affected by the quake, the World Health Organization estimates. Turkey's disaster agency says 32,000 people from Turkish organizations are working on search and rescue efforts. Some 8,300 international rescuers are also contributing. On the other hand, the charge d'affaires of the European Union to Syria, Dan Stoenescu, has told Reuters that the EU and member states have raised 50 million euro to provide aid and back rescue missions and first aid in both government-held and rebel-controlled parts of Syria. The first train carrying relief materials from the EU's reserve has left Bucharest and is expected to arrive on Tuesday in quake-hit Turkey. According to Raed Arafat, the head of the Department for Emergency Situations, the first transport includes 1,200 tents, 8,000 beds, 2,200 mattresses and 4,800 pillows. On Sunday, Romanian rescuers pulled a 35-year-old man from debris after a 12-hour straight operation, raising the total number of people saved to six.
Romania has two search and rescue teams currently deployed to Turkey. Additionally, volunteers from Constanza, including four search and rescue experts with Ceronav, the Romanian Center for Training Naval and Transport Personnel, have left to the most affected areas and joined the Turkish authorities in the city of Islaye in an attempt to rescue people still trapped beneath collapsed buildings. Teodor Andrei will represent Romania at the 2023 Eurovision Song Contest with his song DGT Off and On, after winning the National Selection Contest on Saturday night. This year's edition of Eurovision will be hosted by Liverpool UK on behalf of Ukraine, the country that won last year's edition and which is currently unable to host a contest due to the war. The semi-finals are scheduled for May the 9th and the 11th. Romania's representative will compete in the second semi-final. The final will be held on May 13th. Organized since 1956, the Eurovision Song Contest is one of the longest-standing and most-watched TV programs in the world. It is broadcast to Europe, Australia, Asia and the USA. Romania's best rankings in the Eurovision was third place in 2005 and 2010 and fourth place in 2006. On World Radio Day, celebrated on February 13th, Romanian artists will express their support with war-torn Ukraine by sending a message of hope and peace. Vocalists, the Radio Children's Choir and the Radio Big Band will interpret the song called Heal the World, a reinterpretation of Michael Jackson's famous 1991 single written by the Radio Big Band conductor Simona Strungaru. The song will be aired on all of Radio Romania stations in celebration of World Radio Day 2023. Romania's national rugby team has qualified to the semi-finals of Rugby Europe Championship 2023 after defeating Belgium 56-5 on Saturday away from home. Romania was drafted in Group B alongside Portugal, Belgium and Poland. Group A comprises Georgia, the Netherlands, Spain and Germany. On February 19th, Romania will play Portugal away from home in a match that will decide the group's winner. And this has been all in the news on Radio Romania International. This is Radio Romania International Broadcasting from Bucharest. Sunday Show Welcome to the Sunday Show. I'm Ana Maria Popescu, your guest for the next 20-something minutes in our mellow, laid-back Sunday program, revisiting some of the English section's most popular features this past week and looking ahead at some of the most exciting shows we have in store for the coming week. Let's start off with a trip to the southwest of Romania, where my colleague Eugen Nasta took you to the Constantin Brâncovanu Culture Center in Horezu, the Romanian town famous for its pottery and traditional craftsmen. 
We're heading today to southwestern Romania, actually to Volcha County's central part. In the town of Horezu, lying at the foot of the Carpathians, in a very special mountain scenery, tradition, spirituality and modernity perfectly blend into one another. They tie in with each other quite all right, all the more so as the developed infrastructure of the locality, but also of its surroundings, provide an easy access to the area's tourist assets. Christian Jovan is the director of Horezus Konstantin Brunkovanu House of Culture. He will now be telling us what the unique selling points are of that ethnographic center. Horezu is the capital of Romanian traditional ceramics. It is a brand that has been included in UNESCO's Immaterial Heritage in 2012. The Horezu decorated ceramics is famous. We have almost 27 families working, merchandising, demonstrating, yet there's more to it than that. Horezu is home to two UNESCO brands. The second, dated 1996, is the Horezu Monastery compound. Therefore, the people who are into monastic tourism can come to Horezu to discover those beautiful monastic settlements founded by ruler Brunkovanu. Even the ceramics has a lot to do with the utilitarian ceramics that used to be manufactured for ruler Brunkovanu's princely palace. We've got legends galore about that, and the tales are beautiful. Also, as of last year, Horezu has been a tourist resort of national interest, which does mean something. The quality of the air in Horezu is special. At an altitude of 1,800 meters, we also have a mountain resort where the activity is in full swing. The Kapatsuna Mountains invite mountain lovers to take up trekking along mountain routes, many of which are suitable for a family trip, having a difficulty rated easy to medium. In the summer, you're sure to feel the difference in the temperature readings, as at the foot of the mountain in Horezu, you can feel the heat of the summer, but along the trekking routes you may take, you can cool down. Christian Jovan, you once again. Imagine that, setting off from almost 600 meters and up to 1,000 meters along a mountain route, as we also have marked routes, you can reach an altitude that can also allow you to cool. If, let's just say, at the foot of the mountain, the temperature reading standards 30 to 36 degrees Celsius, up there the temperature reading does not exceed 20 to 21 degrees. Then a light trekking route you may take up and down again only makes one's body healthier. In Horezu, the ceramic craftsmen perfect themselves through tradition as from one generation to the next they hand down this wonderful craft. Those who need and mold the clay are genuine artists. The craftsmen can also be seen throughout the year taking part in various events and that because the cultural calendar in the town of Horezu is very busy. To go on with our review of last week's highlights, in cultural event on Tuesday, Elena Enake talked with Alexandru Kituza, the manager of the Brukenthal Museum in Sibiu, central Romania, about the programs and exhibitions organized by the institution, the CM. In 1968, eight paintings were stolen from the Brukenthal Palace in Sibiu. The investigation that followed was completed in 1972. 
Four of the stolen paintings were recovered in 1998 with the help of the Interpol and can be seen in the permanent exhibitions of European painting of the Brukenthal National Museum. The event in 1968, when the eight paintings disappeared, was the idea that inspired the exhibition The Great Theft at the Brukenthal Museum 1968, which can be visited until the end of this month, an exhibition curated by Dana Roxana Hrib and Alexandru Kituza. The latter, who is also the museum manager, gives us details. The exhibition The Great Theft at Brukenthal 1968 was born as a result of archaeology, so to speak, of a collection. When taking over the manager mandate, I visited all the warehouses and all the spaces of the museum and also discovered a package whose content had not been opened by the employees at that time. There was still a sense of terror that had been passed down from generation to generation among the museum staff after the trial and the political police investigation of 1968. When I checked the content of that package, I discovered the frame of Anthony Van Dyck's Death of Cleopatra. The frame had traces, fingerprints and pieces of the original painting detached for testing. And then, following a research that I carried out together with my colleague, Deputy Manager Dana Roxana Hrib, we decided to put together an exhibition based on the fact that this event of 1968 has always generated opinions and stories, but also visitors. The exhibition includes, among other things, this original frame of the work The Death of Cleopatra by Anthony von Dyck. As you know, Eight works were stolen then, of which only four were found in 2006. Unfortunately, four more have not been found yet. That was Alexandru Kituza. The Brukenthal National Museum in Sibiu has instituted Senior Thursday this year. So on the first Thursday of every month, pensioners have free access to all museums in the Brukenthal Palace and also to the History Museum, the Natural History Museum and the Museum of Contemporary Art. Alexandru Kituza, manager of the Brukenthal National Museum, has details. It is a program that I initiated together with my colleagues having the vote of the board of directors of the Brukenthal National Museum. Our idea was that the first Thursday of every month this year would be dedicated to seniors. We all know the hardships of everyday life and we want to offer pensioners free access to all areas of the Brukenthal National Museum. We were happy to see that on the first Thursday of January we had more than 600 visitors to the Brukenthal Palace alone, which made us very happy, proving that the project is a success. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Alexandru Kituza also mentioned the fact that students have free access to the museum during school holidays. The decision was made with the aim of promoting cultural education and giving young people the opportunity to explore the museum's collections for free. That was Tuesday's installment of our regular feature cultural event. Time now for some music on Radio Romania International. Listen to Alexandra Ungurano and a single called Missing You. No, yeah. 
care se plângă atunci când dorul greu Departe de tot De tot ce ne apropie și acum în gândul meu Zilele mă întreabă dacă vii Nopțile mă dor și tu nu știi Also this week in Radio Romania International's Encyclopedia, we looked at the troubled story of the manuscripts and personal archive of one of Romania's best-known cultural personalities of the 20th century, the writer, historian of religion and journalist Mircea Eliade. In the summer of 1942, the writer, journalist and historian of religion Mirta Eliade was briefly in Bucharest. Between leaving his diplomatic post in London and taking over the one at the Romanian embassy in Lisbon. This was the last time the author, then aged 35, saw his home country and more importantly his birth city Bucharest, which he gave a mythical aura in his prose later on. This was also when he left his entire personal archive with manuscripts, documents and scientific writings in the care of his family until his return, which in 1942 seemed not only possible but simply natural. As we know, this never happened, and Eliade died abroad in 1986. 
The archive in Bucharest was kept by his sister Corina until her own death in 1989. Unfortunately, since then, Eliade's documents were neglected, and to this day they have not been properly accounted for and studied by experts. However, the Romanian Academy's Institute for the History of Religion has recently managed to obtain an important part of this archive and to organize an exhibition entitled Mircea Eliade Unpublished Documents. Historian Eugen Churtin, head of the Institute for the History of Religions, told us the troubled story of the efforts to recover Eliade's manuscripts. Am putut proba, deja, sperăm să apară în următoarele luni, în primul volum de ediție critică completă Iliade, opera științifică, cum el a extras câteva file de lucrările în pregătire. We were able to prove, and we hope this will be included in the forthcoming months in a first volume of the complete collection of Mircea Eliade's scientific works, that he picked some pages from the works he was preparing at the time, and he took them with him in Portugal. But it was only a few pages. The archive he left behind in Romania contains tens of thousands of pages. As he says in a diary entry dating from August 1952, when he was already in Ascona, his entire youth was there. In his diary, Eliade is heartbroken to realize that his entire youth, Everything he had lived, written, thought, read until the age of 33, including in India, might be lost forever. The horrors of the post-war period, his image as a fascist supporter and his inability to return, prevented access to his manuscripts, which fortunately were protected by his family. Thanks to Konstantin Noika, Sergio Al-George and Arion Roshu, some of his Indology books, around 130 volumes, ended up in the Eliade collection of the Library of the Institute for the History of Religions. But the manuscripts themselves were not opened until 1981. It was Konstantin Noika who did this in 1981, together with a young literary historian and high school teacher, Mircea Handoka, who got the family's permission to research the archive. For many years, Mircea Handoka exchanged letters with Mircea Eliade, who in 1981 told him, quote, I persuaded my sister to allow you to research my manuscripts, unquote. Mircea Handoka did this, and he also took part in the editing of several religious history books whose publication was permitted by the communist regime. After Eliade's sister died in 1989, her son, Professor Sorin Alexandrescu, who lived in the Netherlands, gave the entire archive to Handoka for safekeeping. Eugen Turtin told us what happened next. Din nefericire, în 1989, Unfortunately, in March 1989, these manuscripts were appropriated by Mircea Handoka. Between March 1989 and September 2015, they could not be seen. Thousands and thousands of pages. 
So far, only a few hundred pages, maybe a few hundred manuscripts have been auctioned, and only some of them could be recovered, and only some of these could be donated to the Institute for the History of Religions. Although no rights on the archive had been transferred, Muta Handoka never returned the documents to the rightful owners, and after his death in 2015, his heirs took them over. This is why instead of being studied for academic purposes by experts, fragments of Eliade's archive were auctioned in the past two to three years. Fortunately, they were purchased and then offered to the Institute by generous, anonymous donors. Shortly after, the Institute started to research and organize them and put together the exhibition at the Museum of Romanian Literature in Bucharest. Visitors can find here the seeds of the comprehensive studies published by Mircea Eliade in the post-war years he spent in Paris and later on in Chicago. We can see for the first time several very important essays from his Indian period and his PhD thesis in various stages of progress. Not only the text dated November 1932, but also the volume published in May 1936, Yoga, Essay sur l'origine de la mystique indienne. Then we have manuscripts of books for which he had not imagined we would ever see the author's hesitations, amendments and changes operated until printing. There is the manuscript of Borobudur, the symbolic temple, published in September 1937 in the Royal Foundations magazine, and included as such in the volume The Island of Euthanasias in 1943. Then we have the manuscript of the 1942 Myth of Reintegration, handwritten studies and reviews written for Zamolksis magazine. And interestingly, there is a previously unseen essay dated late 1930, early 1931, entitled What is Wrong with Europe? The media of 1930 announced this essay, but nobody knew anything about it until my colleagues found it. All these details will be included in this planned, complete collection, because our goal is precisely to show an outline of what Eliade was planning to achieve. Another fascinating find among the documents recovered by the Institute are pages handwritten by Mircea Eliade in Sanskrit when he was studying this language. Unfortunately, the full archive is still not available, and without an inventory of the documents, its content remains unknown. The exhibition at the National Museum of Romanian Literature is open until March, and it was completed thanks to the work of the researchers Andrea Postu, Ionuț Băncilă, Eugen Ciurtin, Daniela Dumbravă, Octavian Negoiță, Cătălin Pavel, Vlad Șovărel and Bogdan Tătaru-Cazaban. We go on with the other installment of cultural event this week, in which Elena Enache talked to Daniel Luager, a visual artist and co-founder of the Art Cell, 
one of the most prominent contemporary art galleries in Bucharest. Într-adevăr, celula de artă a început anul 2023 în forță. The gallery has had a busy start to the year, having already staged four exhibitions and embarked on a series of collaboration projects. The first is with an exhibition space called ArtSafe, where we would like to stage conceptual exhibitions, group exhibitions and performances on a permanent basis, which we will rotate once every two or three months. ArtSafe is not a gallery as such. They are more into the logistical side of an art exhibition, such as mounting, transport and display. But it is a venue that can be used as a gallery, and they have hosted exhibitions in the past. Working with them gives us access to a more generous exhibition space that allows for greatest artistic creativity in terms of display. These have been some of the highlights of the English services broadcast this past week. Let's take a look now at what we're working on for our coming shows. Next week in Radio Romania International's Encyclopedia, we'll be talking about Dr. Alexandru Obregia, a leading personality of Romanian medicine at the end of the 19th century and early 20th century. He made a substantial contribution to the development of psychiatry in Romania, and his name is tied, among other things, to the establishment of the largest mental health hospital in Romania. Tune in next week to find out more about this. And I should also mention next week's World of Culture, in which we will take a look at the 2023 Romanian-French cultural season initiated by the French Institute and the French Embassy in Romania as part of the Timisoara European Capital of Culture program. In the History Show on Monday, stay tuned for a piece on the psychiatric legislation and its reforms in Romania. The laws on offenders suffering from mental illness in the Romanian provinces had various sources of inspiration. Starting from the Middle Ages, when they were adopted into the Romanian judicial theory and practice from the Byzantine law, and gradually incorporating Western influences during the modernization process beginning in the 19th century. Lots of interesting stories and shows apart from these next week on Radio Romania International. Make sure you tune in or listen online. We're looking forward to your feedback and suggestions on what you would like to hear. This has been all in the Sunday show today. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. Thanks for listening. Focus on Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next in this broadcast, it's all that jazz. Today we're going to introduce you to the late jazz pianist and composer Yanji Koroshi. Let's begin with a piece from an album launched in 2013 called Yanchi Koroshi American Impressions and Romanian Landscapes, which brought together reinterpretations of famous international pieces and Koroshi's own compositions, many of which were inspired by Romanian traditional music. Let's listen to a track from this album called Free Improvisation, a piece Koroshi had played during an American tour back in the 1970s.
Bianchi Coroshi was born in 1926 in Cluj-Napoca in the west of Romania. He was one of the first Romanian jazz musicians to incorporate folklore into his music and the main promoter of free jazz on the local music scene back in the 1950s. He also had a great international career, with his albums being brought out in the US, Japan, Hungary, Poland, the former Czechoslovakia and Russia. Let's listen next to a folk-inspired piece called Peasant Dance, a recording of a live performance at a jazz club in Atlanta in the US in 1975.
And now to end this jazz program, let's listen to Yanchi Koroshi playing his version of the famous song Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, which he performed at the University of Georgia in 1972. Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. In the spotlight.
Hello, dear friends, and welcome to a fresh edition of our weekly feature in the spotlight with me, Daniel Bills, at the microphone. Today, we are going to have a look into the latest international developments involving Romania and its structures. Stay tuned. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs welcomed the 14th anniversary on February the 3rd this year of the 2009 ruling of the International Court of Justice in The Hague, ICJ, in the Black Sea Maritime Delimitation case. The ICJ ruling of February the 3rd, 2009, represented for Romania the first and only extension of sovereign jurisdiction and sovereign rights of our country after the Great Union of 1918. It was also the first ruling in the history of the International Court of Justice to be delivered unanimously by ICJ judges after more than 40 years during which this complex bilateral political dispute could not be resolved through bilateral negotiations. This important legal and diplomatic success which definitely settled the dispute and resulted in Romania being awarded approximately 9,700 square kilometers of continental shelf and exclusive economic zone in the Black Sea, representing almost 80% of the area in dispute before the ICJ, is an example of the peaceful settlement of disputes in the Black Sea area through the use of international law rules and instruments. Romania's team in The Hague trial was led throughout the duration of the trial, 2004-2009, by the current Minister of Foreign Affairs, Bogdan Aurescu, as Romania's agent before the International Court of Justice. The Romanian team included diplomats and experts from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, as well as specialists from the Ministry of National Defence and the National Agency for Mineral Resources. In total, the team was composed of 20 members, 17 Romanians, mainly legal diplomats from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and other experts, and three foreign advisors, experts in international law, all acting under the authority of the Romanian agent. The Romanian component of the team drafted written pleadings, totaling 1,713 pages of arguments and evidence, respectively the more than 400 pages of pleadings presented during the public hearings in September 2008 before the ICJ judges. The settlement of the maritime delimitation dispute in the Black Sea is an example for other states and courts, and the ICJ judgment has been cited over time in the case law of the ICJ and other international courts and tribunals, as well as in international law doctrine. Romania maintains and promotes a deep commitment to complying with international law. I am happy to say, even 14 years after the International Court of Justice ruling, on maritime delimitation in the Black Sea, that this remains one of the most important achievements of Romanian diplomacy in recent history. I congratulate once again all my colleagues in the team I led, consisting mainly of Romanian experts, 
for the exceptional work they did to defend Romania's strategic interests. In the Black Sea Maritime Delimitation case, the International Court of Justice held that the Snake Island has no role or influence on the delimitation line between the continental shelf and the exclusive economic zones of the parties, namely Romania and Ukraine. Today, the Snake Island has become a symbol of the resistance and courage of those fighting for freedom and a democratic future. The presence of Russian troops so close to our borders was one of the most difficult moments of this conflict, but also a clear signal of the need to continue to offer multidimensional support to Ukraine, whatever it takes, until this war is won and those guilty of the crimes committed in Ukraine are held accountable. Because supporting Ukraine means strengthening Romania's security. Today, in support of Ukraine, Romania is strongly involved in the efforts to make use of international law instruments and relevant jurisdictional mechanisms to hold Russia and those guilty of illegal acts and crimes committed on the territory of the neighboring state accountable. In this respect, it is an honor for me to intervene as Romania's agent in the proceedings initiated by Ukraine at the ICJ against Russia, said the Minister of Foreign Affairs Bogdan Aurescu on this occasion. With regard to Russia's aggression against Ukraine, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs recalls that on March the 2nd, 2022, Romania was among the 40 states parties to the Rome Statute that referred to the Prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, ICC, the investigation of crimes of genocide, war crimes and crimes against humanity committed on the territory of Ukraine, including in the context of the war of aggression initiated by Russia against Ukraine with a view to accelerating the judicial proceedings of the International Court and the immediate start of the ICC prosecutor's investigation. On September 12, 2022, Romania also lodged with the Registry of the International Court of Justice the declaration of intervention in the proceedings brought by Ukraine against the Russian Federation concerning the dispute over the interpretation, application and fulfillment of the obligations under the 1948 Convention on the prevention and punishment of the crime of genocide. In order to represent Romania in these proceedings, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Bogdan Aurescu, was appointed as Romania's agent before the ICJ. At the same time, Romania also intervened in the proceedings brought by Ukraine against the Russian Federation at the European Court of Human Rights, the application for intervention being lodged on September the 16th, 2022. The Romanian Minister of Foreign Affairs, Bogdan Aurescu, had a telephone conversation with the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of Malta, Ian Borg, on February 1, 2023, on the main topics of Romania's accession to the Schengen area, the development of bilateral relations, as well as the intensification of cooperation at multilateral level, especially within the UN, 
in the context of Malta taking over the rotating presidency of the UN Security Council on February the 1st. Minister Bogdan Aurescu expressed his great appreciation for Malta's constant support for Romania's accession to the Schengen area and briefed his Maltese counterpart on the recent diplomatic steps taken to achieve this goal in a dialogue with the Austrian side, the Swedish presidency of the EU Council and counterparts for most member states. Minister Borg reiterated Malta's support for Romania's accession to the Schengen area, stating that there is no reason for further undue delay as Romania is fully prepared and meets all the necessary criteria. The Maltese official assured that our country can fully count on Malta's availability to use all channels in the dialogue with the other European partners on this issue, as Romania's accession will bring a benefit to all member states. Minister Bogdan Aurescu also wished his Maltese counterpart success in Malta's taking over the monthly presidency of the UN Security Council as of February the 1st. In this context, the two heads of diplomacy agreed to continue coordination within the UN and other international organizations as part of the efforts to support Ukraine. And this has wrapped up today's edition of In the Spotlight. From me, Daniel Biltz, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to our regular traditional music segment. I'm Ana Maria Popescu and today's piece is brought to you by Stefania Rarish, one of the best known and loved traditional vocalists from Bukovina in the north of the country.
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>